Detailers. The entry-level coating game started in 2016 with Anyo Ceramic Coatings. With its unique single-layer composite technology, Anyo allows detailers to achieve greater levels of success faster. With an application cost under $15, the deepest gloss levels and ability to apply in under one hour makes Anyo perfect for daily drivers needing two years of protection. That's right, two years protection for under $15 per install. And because you're a listener, get an additional 15% off with code DETAIL15. So get the coding that launched the entry-level coding game while others are just now trying to change their game. Anyo Ceramic Coatings, available on the Detail Supply app. And remember to use the code DETAIL15 to save 15% off your purchase. Hey, y'all, it's Noxie. Thanks for listening to the Detailed Solutions Podcast. And now, a little bit more about one of our sponsors. Alex, have you heard about the pain assassins on Facebook? No, Noxie, what's that? I'm glad you asked, you wrinkled little booby. Pain assassins started by a dude named Jason Bruno to where detailers can find the camaraderie that they're looking for without any of the negative trolling bullshit like other Facebook groups. Not only that, but they can compete with their work weekly, monthly, or yearly to win prizes. Oh, dude. And they make sick merchandise, so you always have fresh gear to wear. Whoa. <sighs> anyway, y'all want to check it out? Again, it's Paint Assassins on Facebook or Instagram. Check it out. it's alex with detail solutions podcast uh so this is it man we made it end of season three um so you get the topic episode um this one uh i believe is a pretty good one um so I, i wanted to do it about business what's everybody do right what's everybody do wrong and i got a couple of great like giants in the industry for business um, so we had Dan Williams on, um, who has been a part of Opti for many, many years, helped grow that um, that company, and has now moved over to Owner's Pride and helping develop and, and grow that business. Um, and then also uh, Rennie um, with, uh, you know, the mafia and all that fun stuff. And we all know Rennie does great um, business training, has great business skills, and things like that. So, um, I sit down and talk to those guys, you know, what, what some things people are doing, right. What some things doing wrong, those types of things. Um, so again, I, I appreciate you guys listening to all these episodes. Um, the what's on your mind episodes with Jason. Um, those are really fun and, uh, hopefully we can continue bringing, um, some really good episodes there. Um, so, I'm going to probably take a week off from the Q and A's or so. I I don't have an idea of guests for season four yet. I mean, I've got a couple, but I haven't put together my full list. Um, So in the meantime, Jason and I will just crank out um, uh, some what's on your minds next week and uh, um, kind of go forward from there. Please. If you guys haven't followed us on uh, our Facebook page, um, it's just Detail Solutions Podcast. Please go and like us, um, follow us there. Um, I'm, I appreciate Jason letting me post everything and Paint Assassins, but there's some other things that I want to do with this brand um, that I want to start posting on my own page. And I feel uh, that not enough people are are following us on there to kind of see it. I've got a an idea for a T-shirt. Um, I'm actually having one made to see how it comes out, see how it looks. Um, and then I'll see, you know, if people are interested in purchasing a t-shirt, 
from Detail Solutions Podcast, we can start offering that. But again, I don't want to post that on Jason's page um, and Pain Assassins. I'd rather do it on my own page. And then please, wherever you guys are listening to us, make sure that you subscribe, um, click the little notifications so that when the new episodes pop up, uh, you're getting those. And, you know, don't hesitate to uh, give me some feedback, you know, write us a, write us a review. Um, Anchor still has the ability to leave messages. Um, I still haven't really got any from there. Um, and again, man, thanks for a great three seasons on something that, uh, you know, I wasn't even sure we'd make it past five episodes. And I think we're, um, I don't know, 33, 34, 35, something like that episodes in. Um, so I really appreciate everyone supporting and listening. And I'm really glad that you guys like it as much as I'm enjoying doing it. So without further ado, um, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. You guys know who I am. I don't need an introduction. Uh, neither do my two next guests, um, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves. This is episode 10 of season three. So this is our roundtable topic episode, and we are going to discuss the rights and wrongs of a business, of, of what we do. Um, so gentlemen, jump in. Whoever wants to go first, introduce yourselves so everybody can be surprised. Um, and we'll get to it. Hey, Dan. So, uh, why don't you go? You're, you're better looking, man. All right. <laughs> I, I'll accept that. I reckon. Um, so Dan Williams, um, I am the president of business development with owner's pride. Um, I've, I owned a detailing business in San Diego for about 12 or 13 years. And I do have to admit Early on, when I went to my very first uh, International Car Wash Association show, I believe, I met you there, um, and you were already in the industry, so you've got years on me, um, and that was back in the old days with uh, the PVTA and uh, Gino Bodai and, um, and Jim, uh, all those people, um, so that's, that's how far I go back, and you were already, you and Joe Fernandez were already industry standards back then. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. It was good days. It was the foundation days, you know. So, it uh, so Rennie Doyle and uh, started out in detailing uh, a long time ago. Uh, I think before dirt was on cars, uh, <laughs> you know that 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 old. But uh, we uh, we've come a long ways. Dan and I started out both in the trenches and worked our way up into other opportunities. And I'm sure that's going to kind of be a talk today. And uh, I'm the uh, founder of. Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia and our latest name five years ago, we started a brand called Double Black, where we partnered with uh, PNS Products. So uh, it's been a lot of years and a lot of uh, a lot of miles, uh, highway miles, some of it off road miles. <laughs> and I hope, I hope we can share some uh, some intel on uh, that will help people out and they can take and miss some of the potholes that we definitely hit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you guys definitely can with your experience and in, in the years. Um, you know, you guys are the ones that have made the mistakes and paved the way to help the rest of us. So um, <clears throat> first and foremost, I appreciate you guys for being on this. Um, so first question I'm going to ask, um, I'll just kind of jump right into it is, what's the most common mistake that detailers make in running their businesses? Not working with me and Rennie. Me or <laughs> there you Next. go. Yeah. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would say uh, being a detail or not an entrepreneur. I mean, everybody gets stuck on the shine and it's really important. I mean, shine is really right. important. When Dan and I got our start, shine was a lot harder to achieve. And uh, now I won't say it's easy, but it's a lot easier Yes. And, and then, and then really just, they make the mistake of, of taking and get shininitis or, you know, the, the OCD makes them broke and they get all, you know, caught up on, you know, what other detailers are doing and putting on the web, which 80% of it's bullshit anyway. Uh, you know, just, just play your own game and be an entrepreneur before you're anything. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to agree with that. Um, so many people that we work with, you can take a training, for example, 
And if you can do part of your training and talk about business and how to develop your business and grow, and people are half-hearted into it, but as soon as you break out a polisher, it's like moths to a flame. And, and probably the part that really needs to be worked on is that foundation of a business and right. really building it out. Right, exactly. Because um, I know that's, that's part of, I think that's part of my, not to say my failure, um, but I, I get caught up like what you guys are saying. I, I just get caught up in the, the, the daily grind of it because to me and maybe like most detailers, that's kind of therapy. You know, I can go into the shop, kind of pull the door down, blinders onto the rest of the world, put my music on, and I'm just focused on that paint. And, and I, I, you know, all my worries and troubles are gone. Um, <clears throat> and that's one of the things that I, as my business grows and I get busier and things like that, that's one of the things that I know I need to start being better on is like what you guys are saying, be the entrepreneur and not necessarily the detailer. Sometimes it's kind of hard to separate those two guys, though. You know, is, I think oh, you ahead. know you can, you can treat it as a as a lifestyle business, and if it's like kind of like a maybe it's a second gig, or you're just real happy, kind of minimalist, you know, kind of living, and 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 that's okay too, man. I think there's a lot of yeah. gifts and just kind of realizing you don't. But at some point, as you age, um, if you don't have a nest egg. Um, you're going to have to start cranking it up. Yeah, and that's true. A lot, a lot of people wait a little longer to do that. And then they go, uh-oh. Right. And I'm, I'm very fortunate where, you know, my overhead is, and this will kind of lead into the next question. My overhead is so low um, that I can be minimalist and still make myself really good money. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a little older. I just, I just celebrated my 48th, um, last week. And, um, you know, so for me, it's, it's family time is more important, um, than necessarily those, you know, trying to be that, that, the, the guy who's doing 15 hours at the shop just to try and just churn and burn them. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've done that in my, my career at the car wash working 60 plus hours a week managing and, you know, doing all that. So now I feel like this is kind of my, my lay low a little bit, you know, and again, as long as I can make enough money to, to be comfortable, that's, that's all I need. But I know some, some people aren't like that. They're just starting out. They've got way more, you know, kids than I do to feed, you know, and more mouths to feed kind of deal. Um, what you got, Dan? Well, I, I think where that can run into a problem for guys, uh, kind of a one-two with what just got said is you're almost 50 now, but when you're 60, 65, is, are you still going to be able to, to detail and to make the same money? That's a good question. I, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, I don't want to, um, unless, unless the money is still good, unless my body's still letting me do it. I mean, hopefully by that point I've, I will have proven myself in this industry enough that maybe I can get a gig with somebody and do it that way. That's not, not a bad watching out for opportunities is not a bad way to go. Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of like what I look for in the future is, you know, and, and the reason why I try to network with a lot of more of the people in the industry um, is is for that. I want them to see my work, what I'm learning, things like that. So down the line, if, you know, I go to them and say, Hey man, you got something I can uh, help you out with, you know, like then, then it's, you know, I've already kind of proven myself in my portfolio and, and that's what I'm trying to work towards. Um, with Yeah. It. Alex, I have a feeling they're going to come looking to you. I don't think you're going to have to ask. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope you know, so. I mean, the other thing too is hopefully the, the the podcast takes off and we just get sponsorship money and, <laughs> and I don't right, have to worry right. about it. Well, you're definitely building your brand by by putting yourself out there like that, which really anybody could do. But how many right. people actually get, have the gumption to make it happen? Right, right. It's definitely hard. It's definitely hard. Um, so, like I said, kind of you know my thing of of being lower overhead. Jumping into the next question is. Um, do you guys think that the keeping up with the Joneses mentality 
um, or way of thinking gets a lot of detailers in trouble. Dan, I'll let you take this one. I, I, as far as like trying to well, match the other detailers. Yeah, well, you know, like, so like the one thing I always, I always see is, you know, the guy who's, who's grounded out and, and grinding um, in a mobile unit and he starts getting a little bit ahead of, you know, or a little bit of headway. Um, you know, he's got good, good clientele. He's got good money coming in and now he's going for the shop, but he sees the shop like Rennie Doyle sitting in right now, or he sees the shop that, you know, Joe Detailer is in these big shops that, you know, aren't necessary. And they go for that big shop, that high rent, that high overhead. And then what happens if we hit a recession or what happens if clientele starts dropping off, you know what I mean? So that's, that's what I mean by like trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, like they're, they're starting out and they're doing really good, but they see these guys and gals that have just been putting in for years and have all these huge, nice toys and buildings and stuff. And they, they shoot for the stars. So I'm going to say, I probably, I was one of those guys who was pretty darn satisfied having one mobile unit. Um, I had up to three employees for a while, but most of the time I would have one. And probably way over half of the time of my whole career was just me and my dog rolling around. So that minimalist, like no stress. If I want to stop for a burrito, I could stop. If I want to stop and play Frisbee. And I did very well. And, and I sold the business and Dustin has taken it to the next level. Like his <coughs> sales are probably at least twice as much as mine were. Right. He has an employee. He just teamed up with somebody and now has a shop with uh with a ppf guy and he still has the mobile stuff going too i think to it it, it really comes down to what's inside of you like you just said you personally are really happy with having it at that level right. so i think it would be towards whatever person wanted now if you want to actually grow a business and really have something valuable to sell or you want to one day step away from the detailing side of it yourself and just run a business, by all means, that's what you have to do. You, you have to take on that more responsibility and growth. It gotcha. really is a personal matter, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I think that, you know, the thing that caught me is that, you know, I went kind of an opposite position. I got out of detailing, went into some other businesses, and then I fell back on detailing uh, because um, I lost everything and I literally had to go rob the piggy banks to get milk right. for our kids. And I could have gone back to my great corporate job and felt like a hamster on a hamster wheel and, you know, went over the bell rings, ding, I go get a suck of water, ding, I get back on the wheel. Yeah. And I decided to go into detailing, but what I didn't realize at the time is I did take that little blue pill you know, that little entrepreneur Viagra pill where I was, you know, kind of measuring myself. Um, and I, I wasn't my measuring myself up to others. I wanted to set the measurement. And gotcha. that ego built me a $1.3 million a year, one shot. Wow. And we built it up to six. Yeah, wow. You know what wow was? I was stressed out. Yeah. I was unhappy. Um, I wasn't making that much money. Everybody else around me was. And I took it back. I, I just, I had it. A friend of mine had it that was down here in California. He pulled the trigger first and, and shut his down. He had a big shop too. And I did the same thing. I just said, you know, enough's enough. And we took it down. We literally like quadrupled our prices overnight. I, I, I got rid of most of the staff. And it was funny because I just had dinner with our shop manager at the time. Now he owns a couple of businesses. And, you know, we took it to just the, air, just the auto side with two people. We're doing $1,600, $1,800 a day. Wow. And this is before coatings, yeah. you know, and, and then we had the aviation side and you know what, we all worked our butts off, but we took it down and made it real. And we did it out of a 1200 square foot shop with almost zero overhead. And I was so happy because I could go up and ski. Uh, right. I could go and see my fa my, my kids events. We have four kids, you know, and, and while I worked a lot and I was stressed out a lot, um, it, it wasn't worth it, man. I'd rather have the Frisbee. You know, I mean, I'd rather have my dog rolling with me, Yeah. you know? And so for somebody that had both ways, 
I mean, here's the deal is we got balance going, right? Okay, we shrunk it down. George and I, I say George and I because he was a big part of it, is that we were still cranking and making, making money in, 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 in climbing the ladder of, of what we felt was success. But um, it, it, it being big is just taking that Viagra, dude. You know what happens after three days when you take a Viagra pill? I guess you got to go to the doctor. <laughs> but here's the deal is that it's going to blow up at some point, man. And when, if you can handle big, I got friends. We, I got a friend of mine in the mafia. He's doing $2 million a year out of a shop. I got another, the Parkers out of, of Scottsdale. They're a two-man shop doing, doing a million dollars a year. But they've got it figured out, and they got something that, that, that we didn't have back then, that Dan and I didn't have. And, and this dude was a pioneer and a pioneer of laying down uh, what Coatings was going to do, you know? Gotcha. And that's been a game changer. But, you know, don't even look at the other dudes. I, had a, I, had a, I won't mention his name. I had a leader in the industry two weeks into COVID call me up freaking out. Good, you know, good friend, somebody I've known for a while literally told me that if COVID lasts another month, he's going to go out of business. And I'm like, dude, how can you be a, a, a leader, industry leader and be that broke? And it turns out it was all a facade, dude. He had an apartment. He didn't own anything. He had a big fancy shop. He had all the fancy stuff, pop, real popular on, on, on the forums, real popular on the internet. That was it. There was no depth right. to it whatsoever. And see, that's where I think like the, the question, you know, kind of trying to keep up with the Joneses because a lot of people may be over, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they, they overexert themselves, whether, you know, in the money or whatever, you know, they, they act like they're, you know, huge and they don't, they don't have it like what you're saying, um, you know, or they have, you know, maybe they're not quite there yet, but they've got a little bit. So they try to jump into something bigger that maybe they can't afford. Maybe the grass is always greener too. Uh, you know? uh, Dan, right. You, what you guys don't see is I see, you see, you know, I'll be 55 here in a, in, a, in a few weeks. And, and I'm proud of that. A lot of people are, you know, oh, it's a young man's name. No, screw you. You know, the, the old Steve Harvey said it best is old's the goal, man. And I'll yeah. tell you what, talk to me, these young guys, I think they're hot shit. Uh, I hope you are, but you know the difference between, you see this shop, 5,000 badass square feet, right? Yeah. But what you don't see is 45 feet that way is my house. And nice. I planned this out for 20 years and it was a slow grow, slow roll. And now you could do it in 10 if you're, if you're if, because of dudes like this, like Dan, he laid a pathway for a lot of freaking people, man. Right. A lot of people did, you know, Jim Gogan. I mean, he was just here, man. Freaking giant, silent giant of the industry. But here's the deal is roll low, put money away. Let me tell you, if you're not putting 25% of every, every, every hundred bucks that walks in your door, you should be putting it away. And if you're not, you ain't going to make it, man. Yeah. And if you're not counting your hours, how much you're making per hour. And if you don't know what your overhead, you know, you get, you got to know your numbers, man. It's dollar and cents. It comes down to dollar and cents. It's survival and it is growth and then reality. Right. That's probably the other biggest problem that I've seen in the industry overall. I, my pops, he, while I was a, I was a crazy nutsack when I was in my twenties for sure. Till I went to rehab for my second time, but I listened to everything he was telling me and he was drilled into me. You got to put money away for retirement. Well, I've done since I, you know, quit drinking or whatever. I've done that. There's so many of these people that I talk to and they say, well, I just invest all my money back into my business. And the, the time of reckoning when they're in their right. mid sixties or seven, when they're not able to do this anymore and they haven't put that money away, man, it's, it's going to be painful, painful. Right. Painful. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm, I'm very fortunate. My, my wife has an accounting degree and does book bookkeeping for her job. So she's very good at, at running that for me. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think back to is um, back in June, I think it was July. Um, I, I had an accident at work. I, I stepped down off my step ladder. I had one of those quick, quick disconnect extension cord deals that, that they came out with because I thought they were cool, but they've got a big round end on them for the quick disconnect. And I stepped right down on that. And, you know, instead of just dropping the Rupes machine 
that could have easily been fixed or replaced or just went and grabbed another one off the wall because I've got three of them. You know, I fell back on my hand, broke my wrist. Um, luckily for me, and this doesn't happen for a lot of people, um, luckily for me, I was able to just, the, the orthopedic um, doctor put me in, in a splint and I told him what I did for a living. And he's like, if it hurts, stop. If it doesn't hurt, keep working. So I was able to go right back to work the next day. I was working on a, on a, um, on a dually, 2,500, 2,500 dually or whatever. Um, so I was able to go back to it, but a lot of guys get injured in the can. And like you're saying, if you're not putting money away, how do you survive? You know? Um, well, it's, and it's funny because as you get older, is you'll find out is, you know, a lot of people in the industry, you know, I'm almost afraid to guess how many, how many people don't even carry, you know, insurance on their business. Yeah. But as you get, as you get wiser, what you'll, you'll figure out is there's, there's insurance and then there's good insurance. Right. So there's yeah. cheap insurance that doesn't, you know, but we, we, for the last 20 years, carried key, key person insurance on myself, you know, Dave and Bob from, from PNS, we all have key, key person insurance on each other. So if one uh -huh. of us goes down, is guess what? Not only do we have our savings, not only do we have our medical, our medical savings account that is all tax-free uh, before tax money instead of right. paying into right. our income, but we also have key person insurance that will help keep pay the bills while you or me are debt is down. And so that, you know, you got to think, listen, is a lot of us, I grew up, I don't know how Dan grew up. I grew up with nothing. I mean, I mean, broke dead. I mean, we were, we didn't have a car a lot of times. Uh, you know, I mean, my grandma bought me a flashlight to scare the roaches out of my room when I get up to go to the restroom, you know, oh, wow. we we're, we we're poor, but here's the deal. Most of us think like a poor dude, you got to think like an entrepreneur, man. Right. You know, even if you're, even if you're broke, you got to start getting muscle memory. You know, I'm, I'm still on the guard. And, and one of the things I'm always amazed at when we shoot with the Marines is how good they are shooting because of this muscle memory. I mean, you out with the guard and half our guys don't even know what the end of the barrel is, you know? So it's muscle memory. You've got it. You do it all the time. So if you start creating these great habits, when you're brand new in business, you'll carry it throughout your career. Right. And, and I learned something. One of my customers told me that if you do something the same for 28 days, it becomes, it becomes automatic. Yep. So, I mean, all you have to do is just keep doing that one thing over build and over and over again. Right. And you, and you build a habit and then it just like, like Rennie said, it becomes muscle memory. You just, you click to do it, to do it, to do it. Um, so I, I thought of something when Rennie was talking about the, the whole coding game. Um, and I've, and I've heard, I, I heard it on um, Marty's podcast. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously we're talking about business. So, Right now, coatings are, are, are the thing, right? Like there's so many detailers out there that are like, I'll do it unless it's a coating. Um, but what happens if coatings go away, right? Like how do we survive? So what's your guys' take on, on you know, doing these other jobs that, that a lot of us as detailers don't want to do? Because I mean, coatings are obviously the big easy money, right? Like the interiors that nobody likes doing the waxes that nobody likes doing the washes. What do you, you guys obviously, I mean, cause I try to balance it, right? Like I have, I have my coatings, I book for two days, three days out of the week. And then I leave other days open so that I can do filler work. I call them. Um, cause usually once I do my coating, I, I, I make my money for the week. So anything I can do becomes filler. My bread and butter was my maintenance customers that I went and visited. I'd either do a full detail or a coating, and then I would go and maintain that car every week or every other week, and that would leave me gaps to do, you know, more of the bigger right. jobs. I, these everything <laughs> the detailers now are kind of spoiled because you know yeah. they got thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar tickets, and you know if you if you can do the work in the same amount of time and make that money. I mean, I would if, if I were detailing full time, I would be marketing towards doing coding jobs. You know, right. I, I I talk to a lot of guys that don't even have an extractor anymore. They're yeah. just like, I won't even do an interior detail. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we lived through something called two thousand eight, and it was a reality check. And uh, the difference between what we just lived through and COVID and that was vastly different. We were prepared. I mean. 
mortgage companies were shutting down mortgage payments for 90 days, you know, car, car loans right. were doing the same thing. Well, let, let me tell you, there's, there's a thing, a lot of, a lot of coding companies uh, have got, you know, slogans out there that wax is dead. Wax is not dead. And here's why the is we don't use, I haven't really used the true wax in a long time, but what we do is the term because uh, every, almost every single person alive in this country knows the meaning of wax. And so uh, we teach while coatings, you know, are the bread and butter. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think there's some key points is we've got men and women that are making over a hundred dollars an hour, just offering wash clays and protects. Right. Um, we've got interiors when 08 hit our interior business actually climbed and got, we got busier um, issues is become a problem solver. People have a scratch. People have an odor is that, you know, my wife is, I mean, she's Diane's, she's just, killer at interiors and right. and she teaches profitability on all these things and then i think a, a last thing is going around you know the globe in the last four years 30 countries is keep coatings real is that hey if you live in a if you live in scottsdale arizona and you get two three four five thousand dollars for service more power to you but if if you live in a realistic uh market which most of us do is keep that price point real to where you're still cranking out 100 150 200 an hour Right. But, you know, the stage one correction is not dead. We just proved that in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a training and you can make serious money. I still say the sweet spot for coatings is six to eight hundred bucks everywhere I go, man. And I'm telling you, if we if we don't get greedy and we don't set too many cars on fire and we don't take too many keys to, to paint jobs and it won't come out with 11 or 12 H. And we don't come out with, you know, 15 year coatings is that we're going to stay healthy. But if we go down this, some of the, you know, some people are getting a little stupid with their marketing. Yeah. This one goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of of the things I learned last year, I I visited Aaron Knox's shop and and I'm sure everybody who listens to the podcast is going to be tired of this story by now, but I'm telling you guys. Um, One of the things that he taught me was um, he does a service where, they kind of call it like a speed polish. So they're essentially doing a one step, but they're doing it in two, right? So they'll they'll grab some M M one hundred, throw it on a pad, and just zip around the car. They're they're trying. They're achieving the same defect removal that you would with a one step, um, but then they're actually polishing it down. They're refining it a little bit more. So it's actually like a better service than doing an all-in-one or one-step kind of deal and then they're just throwing a topper on it and he does it for like 450 500 bucks i came back home and immediately started implementing it i called it a hyper polish just to be different um and i'll tell you what i would rather do one of those every day than do a coating a week because i can do those cars in five six maybe seven hours on a big vehicle and make 450 to $600 and be half a day and go home and come in the next day. Um, you know, so that's, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, so that's one thing that I, I think a lot of guys just get caught up in the coding price and don't realize like you could do two or three or four jobs in half the time and make the same money or more they get caught up on the polishing price and trying to take yeah. daily driver cars and making them into a museum showpiece, which, I mean, you know, you, you want to hit that thing at 80 or 90%. Right. And most every customer is going to be really happy with that. But I, I mean, even my own car, if it can, it's coated and I wash it, you know, as proper as I possibly can. But over time, over the last year, there's a little bit of yeah. marring that's in the paint. Um, and I think that goes to where they don't set realistic expectations for the customer. And like, it's going to be completely scratch proof. And, right. and you, you know, Dan, you just nailed it. And there's so much truth in that. And your brands have always been kind of known for doing that, you know, being kind of factual. There's not too many of us out there anymore. You know, we're doing the same thing. We didn't jump on a modern, we just had a new product product release. We didn't jump on one of the new trends. We were criticizing some markets, but we just didn't, we just didn't feel comfortable with it. You know, right. we saw other technology, but I, I want to tell you, I won't say his name, uh, but he's in, the, he's, he's in Pittsburgh 
good friend. Of, oh, I will. Doug Parfait, good friend of mine. He is, um, he's doing uh, wash clays and sealants or wash clays and waxes. And he's, he's averaging $150 an hour, six hours a day. Nice. Do the math. Yeah. And he's mobile. Wow. Do the math. Do the math. See, I, I do this. I do the same thing. I do a wash, a clay and a sealant depending on level of sealant, right? Like I'll do a three month one or a six month one. Um, the six month one, I actually apply with, with the machine and a black pad. So it actually, you know, gets in into the paint and everything. Um, and I'll do that for 150 to $250. Takes me hour and a half, maybe two hours to do, Kill you it. know? My, my thing though is, is I, I, like I might do one of those today and then I might do one next. I, like, I don't, you know, and, and being a mobile guy, he's probably got it easier to, you know, more market to do something like that. Um, that's the one thing I have found not being mobile. A lot of times you lose out on stuff because people just don't want to come drop off or something like that. But you know, fine. it's amazing. Amazing. Dan will say we're, we're at, we're at the headquarters for the lowest price mobile detailers in the world. Uh, you know, SoCal and, He's mobile, but it's taken him 10 years to build that reputation. Right. It didn't happen overnight. And he really, he planned, he knew he didn't want to wear his body out by using a, a, a machine. Dan, now he does paint correction, does a lot right. of it, but his bread and butter, he's figured out how to take and, and, and go to campuses where he can still work during the wintertime. But here's the deal. The guy's making six figures a year. I don't think he works 45 weeks out of the year. It's Dan. I love the fact he goes plays frisbee. I, nice. I just think, dude, detailing be be satisfied. You know, I mean, there's a point to where if you just keep, if you you're gonna make a great living. I mean, pediatricians don't make what a lot of us make in the detailing industry. General practitioner doctors don't make what we make. Why do you want to keep? I mean, I'm not saying to to lower your standards. I'm saying maybe don't grind it out 18 hours a day right. and have a life while you do it. Exactly. Yeah, that that <laughs> now that is kind of a problem that I've always had, and it doesn't matter what I worked at the last company or this company or when I had my own business entirely. How, I have trouble turning it off, like in finding that work-life balance. I, I'm obsessed with working. Like I think I get on the weekend and I don't have any work to do, and I feel like all anxious, and you know, then I find a little project out in the backyard that I can work on or something, yeah. you know, but. But holy cow. I, I get that way too sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, especially if we're not doing anything, you know, if the, the kid's about to be 12. So, you know, she's on, on the video games with her friends in her room, you know, in, in the, my wife will go watch a movie or something in her room. And then I'm just sitting on the living room like, well, man, I kind of wish I had something to go play with at the shop, you know. Um, but it is nice that my daughter does all-star comp competitive cheers. So it's nice, like this weekend, we've got to go to Atlanta for a cheer competition. So it's nice that I can, you know, I can take off, I can take four days off. We can afford to drop, you know, big money to go to a cheer competition because they are not cheap um, to do. So, yeah. Um, so next question is we'll kind of get into maybe a little bit of the positive side. What are some of the things that you guys see detailers doing right? You know, I'm, I'm seeing more people with lifestyles and investing. Um, you know, I, I just hosted a, a class Saturday, uh, Extreme One Day, and a lot of Latinos, and I see them above the board. I see them paying their taxes. I see them working with their green cards or working toward their green cards, and a lot right. of them I saw as getting their U.S. citizenship. Uh, nice. Being in California, it's huge. But in general, I find I see a lot of young people um, that are wise beyond their years. They're listening is, and they're educating themselves at levels that Dan and I just didn't have back in the day. Right. Cause they see value in educating themselves and they're buying houses at a young age. Um, they're staying realistic with their shops. You know, what we were just talking and complaining about is really the minority, I think, but it, it's the shiny stuff that people see and a lot of people fall for it. But I think when you get down to, you know, it's just like realtors, 10% of realtors are doing 90% of the deals. Well, 10% of the detailers are doing 90% of the money. Right. And, and really what I think is, is that you're seeing those, these, this, this new generation, while a lot of people 
want to complain about this young generation. I think they're filling us with some pretty cool energy right now. And then the old dudes we're seeing, I just trained a guy that was 70 and he wants to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Check that out. His son has some special needs and he wants to get his son. And well, guess what? It's worked, man. And, and the guys engaged with this kid, they've got a serious business. Guy does not look 70. He doesn't act 70. Uh, He actually had the, he had the, 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 the long uh, vision uh, of a guy, you know, 30, 40 years younger than himself. And he doesn't go as fast as the other guys, but he doesn't take breaks. Wow. He just, he knew his pace and he hit it. Right. And so I think we've got this generation, you know, for the first time in 2020, we had more people over the age of 60 starting new businesses than in the history of our country. Um, we've got these young people. I've got people that are 16, 17, 18 years old that are wanting to come to training. How cool is that? Yeah. That we got these young, this young generation and this older generation. What they don't realize is that young eyes, we need them. We have to have youth to keep us young and focused and wise eyes. Right. And when those two come together, it's magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of these younger guys, like uh, Nick Bagdasar here in San Diego, who has a detailing business, it, it, both mobile and in a shop, and became a distributor for products. And like, at 23 years old, he's, wow. it, it's, it blows me away. He calls and talks to me about business. I, I, the, again, I, I just, the people who do the business side of it, just to flip the who are not doing the business side, but the people who do the business side, those are the ones who are doing it right. And you can be a great detailer, but that doesn't mean you know how to sell something properly. Right. Well yeah. said, no, no, and you're right, because I mean, I've known a lot of good detailers, but they're, they're terrible, you know, sales guys, they're terrible business, you know, owners, you know, they're, they, you know, they're always looking for a handout or whatever. And you're like, dude, you, you, you know, you do all this fantastic work, like, how do you not have any money? And, you know, some people have it one way or the other, I guess. I, was, I have somebody who comes and takes care of my lawn in the front. I mostly take care of the back, but I have somebody who comes. You know why? Because my time, there's only so much time in a day and it's worth the money to have somebody do that. Now, if you have a business with all of the social media stuff that you have to do, if you really want to grow, you have to do something with marketing. You can do it by yourself and be completely grassroots, but the guys who are really winning, they have a marketing company and they're probably spending 10, 15% of whatever they want to make that month in marketing that feeds back in. Right. There's just so many of the pieces that you, you that you. I, I think to do it right, even if you're a, a small micro business, you have to bring in some of those people to help you do some of the stuff. If you try to do everything, you just. I think that will stifle growth as well. Right. I gotcha. Um, what are some key pieces of advice that you guys give detailers? I'm huge on that investment thing. I've done a podcast at my old company and at this one, and I would love to do another one about investing. I And I hate to circle back the same thing over and over, but man, people are going to be in for a rude awakening if they're not putting anything yeah, this, away. This, this is an invite right now. Come on over and talk. We'll get you on the podcast because I'm, I'm going to echo what Dan just said. I've just you know, investing is, is, is multi-tier right now. I mean, you've got, so a lot of people put back in your business. Absolutely. I put back into my business every month, but I also put into retirement, stocks, real estate. So you look at all these, uh, uh, I love this is that Dan just said something is lawn, man, dude, as, as much as I can outsource, I do, you know, I've got my, my accountant is outsourced. My bookkeepers outsourced. All of our finance stuff's outsourced because these guys, these guys, these people know money and I know how to make money. But if you want to see somebody that will spend it, hello, I will go through it like you don't believe. You know what I'm saying? All so, the people whose cars you're doing are outsourcing that job to right, you. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly it. So, you know, but we, we take and know where, you know, again, that 100, 150, 200 bucks an hour is, is, and there's, I mean, a lot of people say, no, bullshit. There's not people in the industry doing that. Bullshit. People doing it. There's a lot of people that did it today, like you wouldn't believe. But it takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. You're right. not going to build your little micro empire overnight. You got to. You got to be patient. I always say I'm an overnight success, 30 years in the making. You know, 
is is why the other thing is Dan, guys like Dan and I we don't hold still, man. Is we're on to the next day. Is right. I guarantee you, Dan's got somewhere a vision board. You know, I've got it right here, and I've got it written down. I'm mind mapping constantly. Uh, I'm looking. You know, I'm I'm looking for another piece of real estate. I'm 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 real lucky because this property's almost paid for, right? Right. But I'm looking for opportunity when all this thing crashes. Is that there's going to be people sitting on stuff, you know? And I just keep putting away, just keep putting away, just keep putting away. And when the economy goes down, guess what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And I'm just a detour, guys. Right. But you know what? If you view yourself like that, you got a poor attitude like that. No, you're not. You're an entrepreneur. I don't care how you make your money. You're right. an entrepreneur. But don't listen to Dan and what he just said about investments. You're a fool. That's how I got my house that I'm in right now that I bought in 2008. Nice. <laughs> And, and yeah. the scary thing too is like, I, okay, so I see a lot of the young guys in the forums talking about investing. This whole GameStop thing and Bitcoin right. got yeah. people excited. They are going to get their necks snapped yeah. because they don't know. I even like somebody who I was talking to about investing. And so they started an IRA and it's like, there's probably not much warms my heart more. And there's maybe six people that I could think of who I've talked to and they've started an IRA and they fund it. Well, so this one fellow was, he went to buy something, but not knowing anything about it, he just put in to purchase a, a, some shares of something, but he didn't do it as a limit order. So it's, you know, it struck, but it was way over what he <laughs> had thought he was going to buy it. Cause he just like hit and go and it bought it at market price. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm I'm like Rennie. I mean, we we outsource our our accounting. I mean, my wife does the the bookkeeping, keeps kind of everything in line and and the banking and stuff like that. But at the end of the year, we give it to an accountant. That way he can go through it and make sure that, you know, Uncle Sam's not gonna be knocking on my door or if wife didn't do something wrong. Um, because I'm like I'm like Rennie. I'll be the one that spends it. In fact, my wife has a saying when I tell her I need to order something. She says, do you need it or do you want it? Hmm. If I need it, then I'm allowed to buy it. If I want it, she says, come back when you need it. So I think I need that <laughs> Nissan GTR. I think that I really need that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm the best convincer. You guys are good convincers. I can convince myself I need some real easy. <laughs> right. I, I need a Nissan GTR too, but she says, yeah, you, you don't, you don't, or, she, or I want it. She says, I don't need it. Um, yeah. And what question or questions are you guys ask the the most about running a business or detailing business? Usually, people come to me and they say, "How I need more customers." And we we do um, with our guys in our network um, like a, a business coaching thing that's just kind of included. You can schedule their fifteen to twenty minute once a month things where we talk about something specific for them and leave them with actionable items and. Um, that's what the first thing they always say is they want more business, but then I have to back, you know, okay, slow down. If you get the business, what are you going to do with it? If your phone rings a hundred times and you're not prepared to do something with that information to, you know, get it into a CRM so you can monetize it later with, uh, you know, sales funnels and properly follow up. Yeah. You know, heck, most people just say, oh, well, yeah, if somebody calls me and they sound, if they sound really interested, maybe I'll call them back in a couple of days. Right. What the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, we, we look at that. And I always tell people answer your phone because that might be a, you know, whatever your average price is. Let's say your average price is 300 bucks. Well, I can't, I don't have the time to take a $300 car right now, but what if that person's going to take that $300 service three times over the next three times a year over the next 10 years? I mean, and so is their, their cousin and their wife? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you just walked away from nine grand, not 300 bucks. You don't, right. lifetime value. And to echo right off of Dan, what Dan said, so many people are trying to acquire new customers and they don't do jack shit with their, with their existing client base. They just kind of let them go. It's like, they're there, but well, aren't you talking to them? Aren't you educating them? Aren't you communicating with them? Because they already trust you. They already gave you money. They'll give you more money. You just got to give them a reason to do it. Why are you trying to, completely you know reinvent new customers all the time i right. mean you know and so it's you know yeah you know i think right now there's two parts let's i love what you just said let's give the good the bad the ugly and so the ugly part everybody wants to be like a sponsored detailer right now 
you know, and everybody wants to start up their own line. And why, why don't you get one thing done and doing really good and profitable before moving on to the next one, you know, is that so many people want to be something they're not and you're not ready for it, man. And I'm not saying in a year or two, you won't be, but progression and build, you know, when you build a house, you got to start with a good foundation. If you don't start with a good foundation, uh, it's, it, it, the house is going to be a, a piece of crap in 10 years. Right. A business is no different. And so, you know what, start on that foundation. Don't go in as the cheapest guy in town, go in as the most expensive guy and you mobile team dealers. Stop saying that you can be cheaper because your overhead's less. No, it's not. You've got the most expensive overhead in the world. That's your time. Right. Right. No, it's a, uh... You gotta walk before you run. Yeah, sorry, the, the kiddo just peeked in. She was, she was that's okay. To, she always likes that's to see cool. who I'm talking to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She, normally, normally she does, but she just got home. Um, uh, dang it, I just lost my train of thought thanks to her. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, no, so um, uh, I lost it. Whatever. I'm done. Well, you know, the questions, people, the questions we get asked all the time is, you know, is, is again, hey, man, I'm going to tell you, I don't care if you're young, middle-aged, old, doesn't matter. Just, you know, Dan and I, I mean, who would have thought all these years later that both of us would be here? Because right. when we came up through the ranks, the survivability of detailers is pretty low, really low. It's still real low. A lot of right. people don't talk about that. But here's the deal. If you just, if you stay balanced, you keep your ego in check, you put money away and you're patient, it's going to happen. Now, the, the mistake that I, that I made in the early days, again, I grew up with no money, was thinking like a poor dude. You've got it. you got to go for that money. You stop with the passion thing. I understand you love what I do. I love what I do. Yeah. But I love being able to provide. And you know what? At some point in your life, man, is that you got to realize it, this is not a hobby. This is a business. And you got to treat it like that. And it's okay to make profits off of people. Right. We live in exactly. one of the greatest countries in the world for that. And guess what? Uh, we do pretty well as a country of making pro uh, pro uh, profits off of each other. Right. Do it honestly, do it good, and repeat it. Right. And, and that's I, I just remember what I was going to say. So you were talking about, like, you know, instead of trying to build on the new clients, work on your on your old clients. And, I mean, that's one of the things that, that I feel very fortunate and grateful for are my clients because – I've made a lot of money over the years from repeat um, from my clients or from referrals from my clients because I take care of them so, so well. I mean, I, most of my clients, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I think maybe I'm kind of bothering them in a sense because they are, you know, very successful run big company kind of people and sometimes they don't have time to chit chat but i treat them like they're a friend or a family most of them know um you know my wife or about my wife my daughter so they'll come in and they'll say hey how's the kid doing or you know how's the family um you know and it's it's that, like you said building a, a foundation right so i use my existing clientele or, or my clients that I've had for years as my foundation to build off of to the new clientele um, because I, I know I always will have them to fall back on. They'll always be there to support me and, and help me out. You, you know, I took two things out of this conversation and I want to point this out. Maybe it's because of my age, but even when I was 20, 30 years younger, you know, uh, when, when, you know, we were talking to Jim Gogan this week and both of us made, we kind of, we'd already made it, so to say, in business before the internet came around. Let me right. think about that for a second. Uh, but here's the deal. You both said something that I captured on, not, not knowing before this call that I'll never forget about either one of you the rest of my life, is Dan's into dogs, okay? And you've got children. So those are two things that, that, that go right here for me as a consumer. Right. And does the rest of your clients know that, Dan, that you're really into dogs? And that you've got children. And so, you know, people, entre especially entrepreneurs or men or women of professionals that know how hard it is to build up a business, when they know those things about you, guess what? They'll be a small sales force for you. Exactly. And every time you talk to a customer, like, so maybe that, that affluent customer 
you know, they don't want to call you just to maybe chit chat, but if right. <laughs> it was their birthday and they got an email or a text that said happy birthday, just yeah. out of the blue. I mean, that's just, and, that's and just building listen, relationships. Thanks. Thanks for Facebook for always telling everybody when the birthdays are. Cause I love doing that. Just shoot them a text. Hey, happy birthday. Hope you have a great day and leave it at that. It doesn't need anything more. It doesn't need, you know, I don't, we don't need to draw it out. I mean, if they send me back a thank you, I, I you know, I kind of leave it. Um, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I've got, you know, some of these guys that, you know, I do go over there and talk to them and end up spending half an hour outside their business chit-chatting with them if they're not busy. But a lot of times I don't know, you know, and sometimes they're trying to like get away from me and I got to learn to shut up and let them go. <laughs> kind of deal. I, love I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, gentlemen. Well, I, that's, that's the questions I had. We're, we're pushing 45, 50 minutes or whatever. I like to try and keep these short and sweet. Yes, sir. Okay. So I want to say one thing, yeah. Rennie, um, when I was working at my last company and I had just gotten promoted there and um, I remember very clearly, you came up to me at SEMA and you kind of pulled me aside and you just told me um, like, congratulations and that you were really proud of me. And you, that is just something that is always like stuck with me. Like I really remember that moment and um, that was really cool. Thanks. Uh, I'll tell you. And, and it's a lesson to both of us, all of us, is that, you know, uh, we don't get enough time with each other. Dan and I really kind of, we've always know we're there, right? Because we've been staples in the industry for a long right. time. But, you know, it's so important to connect. And it's times like this where I was like, damn, man, why didn't, why did I take the time to connect with Dan more often, you know, through the years? So it's yeah. an important lesson to learn for all of us, you know? But thanks I'll tell you for saying what, that. My, my first MTE, I saw Rennie walking down the hallway and I was like, oh my God, that's Rennie Doyle. And Rennie's like, how you doing this morning? Shook my hand. I'm like, I'll never, I mean, listen, I, I've seen Rennie at all the MTEs and the SEMA. He, he, he held the belt and took a picture with the belt for me. Um, so, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. That was cool. That Jason, was cool. That was Bruno well, had, had the brilliant idea of making a belt. It was awesome. I, I've got a challenge for both of you. We just got to continue to bring the continuity of like-minded professionals in the industry together. Right. And Dan, I want to get you on the, on, on our podcast as soon as we can talk investments, but today was, today was an honor. So thanks. Thanks for having me oh, on. I really thank, thank you. Um, so before we go, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know you guys, um, which is kind of funny because I, I was talking, I was, I was doing one of my Q and A's with a detailer and I had mentioned Rennie's name and he's like, who's this Rennie Doyle guy that everybody talks about? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, podcast over. We can't talk to you no more. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, so for for the people who maybe don't know you guys, um, where could somebody find you guys or get information on you guys, um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, I, mean, I know TikTok's kind of the new big thing, um, uh, whatever social media you guys have or websites, something like that. Cool. You can find me on my personal and you got you got have thick skin. I don't put a lot of, I don't put hardly anything political up, but um, if you want to follow me personally, it's Rennie Doyle on Facebook or Instagram or uh, TikTok, which I love. Um, and then our business is going to be Detailing Success and then uh, PNS Double Black Products uh, and then Detail Mafia uh, are, all, are all items. But love to connect with people. Tag You know what I love? I love when people tag me in their cool work, yeah. you know, especially yeah. if they're making money at their cool work. Tag me in your cool work because nice. I love to see it. Don't always have time to to respond but i try to all the time but man i'm just i'm just honored when people do that because i love to see them grinding out what they're doing and making money that's awesome and um i either linkedin or or facebook for me dan williams d-a-n-n williams there's a picture of me with my dog and another <laughs> picture of me playing golf so you'll know that it's me um i host the owner's pride podcast uh which comes out every tuesday and uh, we have a behind the buffer segment, which is just focused on a detailer and their business every Thursday. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty darn available. If you have any detailing, want to have a conversation about detailing anything, I'm here. That's good stuff. Well, listen, guys, I, I really appreciate you doing this for me. Um, again, it, it's, it's just my little kind of get back. I mean, we do the, the get out of here. We do the uh, the nine Q and A's. I try to give the the guys and gals a chance that you know aren't the big names to come in and tell their story and things like that. But um, I, I definitely want to do you know these these roundtable topics that I've been doing so far. 
um, and bring on some of the leaders in the industry to give advice to help everybody out. So um, my hat's off to you guys for doing this for me, um, making making time in your schedule. I really appreciate it. No, honored. I'm honored. Honored. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you so much. And I will leave you guys with that. Um, and as always, uh, we hope for a little more shine and a lot less shade um, for you guys. That's my little outtake on this industry. It kind of fits both ways. We want shiny cars, but we also want to build each other up and not put each other down. Um, so with that, I bid you guys a good night and uh, look forward to talking to both of you soon in the future. Take Thanks, care, guys. Good seeing you both. Bye. We'll see you next time.